Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. All of our podcasting is available uh, on wherever you like to get your podcasts. So if you can't catch these programs live, you can always get the recordings, and we appreciate you listening. Well, Christ is uh, very essential to, of course, salvation. He is our Passover. He is our Passover sacrifice. And many people would agree with that. Christians would agree with that. Those that are call themselves Christians, they would say that that is true. He is our Passover sacrifice. The Bible's clear on that. But God's plan of salvation for mankind was not finished at the death of Christ. His plan of salvation was not finished at that time. And so there's more to it than that. Now, Christ's sacrifice is essential, of course, but that's not the end. There's more to it, and that's where a lot of people get confused. So let's see what else is involved. When we think about salvation and God's plan of salvation for mankind, let's notice a few passages today. If you have a Bible handy, you could get it out. We could look at these together and see what God's Word says on the subject and try to get the complete and full picture. Let's start in John 19. John 19 and verse 30. This is where Christ dies physically. He's crucified, and there's a spear that's jammed into his side, and blood came out, a horrific scene. But that's the penalty that had to be paid for sin, your sin, my sin. There has to be a penalty paid, and Christ paid that. John 19 and verse 30, it says, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost, or he died physically. He died. And he said, it is finished. So the question here that we have to answer is, what did he mean by that? What is finished? What did he finish? We have to understand that to see the full picture here of God's plan of salvation. And make sure we understand that it didn't end with the death of Christ. There is more to it. Notice John 4 and verse 34. Keeping in mind what we just read where Christ said, it is finished. Notice this, what he said in John 4 and verse 34. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That's what he was there to do, was to finish God's work. Now Jesus Christ, of course, came to do God's work, as he said. And he finished the work that he had to do on this earth at that time. Everything that needed to be finished, that he needed to do, he wanted to do it, and he did. Now, part of that work included the sacrifice of his life to pay for the penalty of our sins. That was part of it. And he finished that. Lived a perfect life, never sinned, conquered Satan in every way, and then died and paid the penalty for our sins, but that wasn't the end of God's plan of salvation. 
If that was it, then there wouldn't have been a need to resurrect Christ. It would have all been already taken care of. But, of course, Christ was resurrected. His Father resurrected him. And there's an important reason for that. Notice 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 17. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 17. It says, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. You are yet in your sins. So understand what's being said there. If Christ had been crucified, but then not resurrected, we would still be in our sins. We'd still be in those. But his, his sacrifice paid the penalty for sin. So again, uh, that could be a little confusing, but we've got to see the full picture here. The correspondence course. This is a free Bible correspondence course. The full title is the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's free. It's at thetrumpet.com. And uh, please sign up for that if you don't have it. It in Addressing this subject, it says, Notice it, yet in your sins, without salvation. Christ's sacrifice alone is not all that is necessary for salvation. So we need to add some other scriptures here to this to, again, really get that full picture. And we, we want to understand God's plan of salvation. It's vitally important that we do. So now notice how the Apostle Paul explains this in Romans 5. Romans 5, and we'll look at verses 8 through 10. It says, But God commands his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We're reconciled to the Father by his death, and then we're saved by Christ's life. The Course says the death of Christ, the shedding of his blood, paid for our past guilt. But we shall in the future be saved, that is, inherit eternal life by Christ's life, by the power of the resurrection. The truth is that Christ's death is in reality the beginning, the very first step in God's great master plan. It's the first step. It's not the end of it. And, of course, that's why God lays out his holy day plan. And if you don't understand the holy days then you don't understand the plan of salvation. So we have to understand God's holy day plan. That's why he laid it out that way, and that's why he tells his people to keep those days holy every year. It keeps this plan in our minds, in our memories. It uh, gives us the full picture. So God's holy day plan is vitally important, and it begins with Passover. Those holy days, the holy day season, it starts with Passover every year. And because it's Christ's sacrifice was that first step. So we have to make sure we understand that. And we have a free book at thetrumpet.com, Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Days, which, and it goes through God's Holy Day plan. And you see, when you look at that, God's plan of salvation for mankind. See, it's a very important plan. That's why those Holy Days have to be kept. The world has gotten away from those, even the so-called Christian world. They have a lot of holidays they keep but they don't have anything to do with God's plan of salvation, so people get pretty confused. 
they might enjoy them or have some fun, at, at least for a time, with them, but they don't learn anything. And matter of fact, it confuses them on God's actual plan of salvation. Christ's sacrifice is essential to salvation, but then we must accept Christ's sacrifice and live as Christ lived, according to the law of God. And that means changing from sin, (laughs) stop sinning, and start obeying God's law. That means repenting. It means repenting. And this is made clear if we look at Peter's instructions in Acts 2. Notice Acts 2 in verses 36 through 38. You know, this is after Christ has been crucified and resurrected. And here Peter and the other others go out and they begin to teach. And so people are really convicted on this uh, first Pentecost after, after Christ's death and resurrection. And God gives his Holy Spirit at that time. And Peter preaches this powerful sermon, and it really convicts people. It really moves them, and they, they were ready to act on whatever they needed to do. Notice verse 36, Acts 2. It says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And now when they heard this, verse 37, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Well, men and brethren, what shall we do? They were moved by this, and they said, Well, what, what do we do now? What is our part in it? They didn't, they didn't say, Great, that sounds good, it's finished. See you later. They knew even at that point, that there was something they had to do. Well, what do we have to do? What happens now? Verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They were to repent and be baptized. That's what they were to do. There was something that they had to do. It wasn't enough to just accept Christ and say, oh, I accept that sacrifice. That sounds good. And then continue on in their sins. That's not what they were told to do. If that's what Peter wanted them to do, and if that's what Christ wanted them to do, Peter would have told them. He would have said, well, Christ did it all. And you don't have to do anything. Just accept him and, you know, just live your life. He didn't say that. He said specifically, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is essential. Notice Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. This gives a little more light to the subject as well. Hebrews 9 and verse 14. It says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience, from dead works to serve the living God. See, we have to change. We have to change. That's why Passover leads right into the days of unleavened bread, which pictures putting sin out and bringing the righteousness of God in. Because there's something that has to be done. Christ's sacrifice was the first step in God's plan of salvation. Christ finished that part of it, that first step. But now, now it's time for those that God is working with to change, to repent, and to be empowered by God's Spirit. And Christ lives in them 
through God's Spirit. And what does that person do as they're empowered by God's Spirit, as Christ directs them? They live as Christ lived, and he lived in obedience to God's laws. As it says, purge your conscience from dead works, sin, dead works. It leads to death. And serve the living God. How do we serve him? It's pretty basic in a way. I mean, there's, of course, there's plenty to, to study and to consider in a lot of depth, but it's basic in the sense of we're to serve the living God. That means obey God's commandments. The correspondence course says when we sin, effectively, we ram a spear into Christ's side. And that's the truth. You know, we don't always like to think about that, of course, but that's what sin does. It killed Christ, and he died a very brutal death. He didn't die of a broken heart or some of the things that are, are, are talked about to try to diminish maybe the reality of it. He had a spear rammed into his side after being beaten and being hung on a stake and and going through all of that. Finally, that's what was the ultimate uh, blow there at the end. The final blow was a spear into his side. And he screamed. And blood came out. That's, that's how he died. And it says, the quote says that's the reason that he died, because you and I sin. His sacrifice should motivate us to abandon our former dead works, our sinful ways which lead to death, and to repent. Christ's sacrifice, it says, upon our repentance, paid the penalty of our past sins. That's in Romans 3, verses 24 through 25. But it does not give us permission to break God's laws with impunity in the future. Merely accepting Christ's sacrifice is not enough, right? Christ didn't do it all for us. He did what we can't do. He paid the penalty. But then we have to go forward with God's help and obey God. And repent. It says merely accepting Christ's sacrifice is not enough. We must go on and forsake sin completely. And that is what the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the next annual festival and step in God's plan, pictures for us. So again, God has this holiday plan laid out. And you can request our free booklet, Pagan Holidays or God's Holidays, which, and study that to see that plan. See, we need to understand that. And it begins with Passover. It begins with Christ's sacrifice. It's the first step. And if we lose sight of the holy days, we lose sight of that plan. And there are people that have lost sight of those holy days that kept them for years. And then lost sight of them and fell away from them. And so they're pretty confused right now about God's plan of salvation. But it's laid out there for us if we'll if we'll uh, really look at it and understand it. And God will have to, of course open people's minds to understand that truth deeply, and and he'll do that for those that he's working with. Notice this passage in Galatians 2 and verse 17. Galatians 2 and verse 17. It says, But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. So, again, now as we're repenting and growing, there are the occasional sin and the, the misstep there, and it has to be repented of, of course. But if somebody's just continually living in sin and not making an effort to repent of that, well, does that mean Christ is the minister of sin? 
that Christ, Christ would be okay with that? Well, of course not. He had to die because sin has a penalty, a death penalty, and he paid it. Christ isn't the minister of sin, and we can't claim to be Christian and then yet be living in sin. It's pretty serious. It's something to think about. Think about it deeply. The correspondence course says true repentance. True repentance is coming to a full realization that we have rebelled against our maker, against his way and his righteous law. And that's everybody. Everybody's done that. With the exception of Christ, he lived a perfect life. It says it means that we come to abhor our past sins and our self-willed, rebellious natures. See, we all have to repent. We have to change, not just from some actions, but the way we've thought, the way our attitudes have been. It's changing, like it says, away from that self-willed, rebellious, rebellious nature of the past. We must truly, it says, be broken up and ready with God's help to quit sinning and rebelling and to submit to God with all our hearts and minds. That's a serious repentance. That's a deep repentance. And that's what we have to work toward. That's what we have to work toward. Christ's sacrifice, it pays the penalty for past sins, sins that are repented of. And we have to repent in order to be forgiven. So there's a lot of depth to this. And, and again, our free booklet, Pagan Holidays or God's Holidays, which really help you to understand God's plan of salvation. And we see that Christ's sacrifice is essential, but it's the first step in God's plan to salvation. And that's why Passover comes first, followed by the Days of Unleavened Bread, and then God's holiday plan unfolds from there. So again, Pagan Holidays or God's Holidays, which that's free at thetrumpet.com. Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course also gets into the details of the overall plan and then specifics too. So there's a lot of great study there for you to look at and to understand. That's all the time we have for today in this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.